What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sit Down with Sid podcast. This is your host, Sid. Our guest today is the host and producer of the YouTube channel, Best in Tesla, which he started in 2019 and today has more than 21 million views. On that channel, you can find him talking on Elon Musk, Tesla News, Tesla Innovations, the electric vehicles and all the great things they bring to the world, as well as renewable energy and sustainable living. Without further ado, all the way from Denmark, I present to you our guest, Lars Strand Ryder. Hi Lars, thanks for being uh, a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sid. Thank you. Uh, so Lars, uh, before we kind of get into the uh, podcast, <clears throat> would you take a moment to give a brief intro about yourself to our audience so they know who you are? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a host of uh, Best in Tesla channel um, that I started almost four years ago now. Um, I'm running that channel by myself, so saying I'm the host, it's, it's just me <laughs> running that show. Um, and yeah, started that four years ago because there was so much disinformation about electric vehicles and especially Tesla, so I wanted to help spread the, the real truth uh, <laughs> from my perspective anyway, uh, about what is going on in the EV world and um, renewable energy and try to to help spread the world and accelerate the world to uh, sustainable energy. So great. So Lars, let me ask you, uh, I mean, you just explained why did you started this channel, uh, Best in Tesla, but how did the love for Tesla grew within you? And, you know, what prompted you, you know, to start this channel and say, you know what? I have to stand by Elon Musk. I got to stand by his company and I want to do things the right way and represent this company as a voice, as an influencer, especially in Denmark, uh, you know, which is one of the biggest uh, uh, market for Tesla EVs. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it actually started because when I bought my Tesla back in June of 2019, every party I went to, <laughs> I had, I didn't drink much because I had to give test drive to all the, the people I knew and every party I went to was like, ah, can we try your Tesla? Yeah, sure, sure. And we went out and accelerating and and every time people had a lot of questions about electric vehicles. It was like, yeah, it's a nice car, but the battery dies after 100,000 kilometers. And like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so there was just so much misinformation. So I spent a lot of time talking to people about this. And then um, I had followed Tesla since... 2015 or something like that. I can't remember the exact moment when I kind yeah. of realized Tesla was out there, but um, I can remember uh, when I kind of thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to start a, a YouTube channel about this uh, because that was after Q2 of 2019 mm -hmm. where they had an earnings call and uh, there was a question asked by the people in the audience about what should we do about all this disinformation that is being spread about uh, EVs? And the guy there had an example of some of his friends that he mm -hmm. explained it to. And uh, Elon and, and uh, Drew Bagalino said that what you're doing is what we can do. We we don't know what more to do um, mm -hmm. about it. So, But spreading the, the word uh, about it mouth by mouth or, or person to person is is the thing you can do. And I thought, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, that's what I'm doing. And then I watched... Um, the two guys, um, Zach and Jesse from uh, uh, Now You Know channel. Okay. And they had a, a talk about this, this earnings call, and they said, but that's what we're doing, and you can do that as well. And I was like, yeah, sure, maybe I can do that. <laughs> and and then I started my my YouTube channel uh, because of that and because of Tessa said, that's the best way to to help us. And I was like, okay, I will love to help you guys to accelerate the world to a sustainable future and and teach people about electric vehicles. That's amazing. Now, now, talking about Elon Musk, what do you think, uh, like, what are your views on him as an entrepreneur, as a visionary? And, I mean, give me your views on him. You know, everyone has their own views. Uh, I mean, he's like, he's one of the most, as you know, he's the most followed up guy in Twitter and, like, everything blows up around him. You know? So give me your take on his, his personality and what you think of him. Yeah, uh, I think Elon might be one of the most misunderstood persons <laughs> on the planet. Um, mm -hmm. Also because he's he's a billionaire and and everything he does 
is very disruptive to many big industries like mm -hmm. oil and big auto and, and energy and so on. So there is going to be a lot of people and there have been a lot of people that don't want to see him succeed. So there's also spread a lot of false information about Elon Musk himself and not just Tesla and electric vehicles. Um, but I have watched, I don't know, maybe everything Elon Musk has ever had of interviews and events mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. And I think if people really watched and the, the interviews he does and stuff like that, instead of just reading the headlines and the article made by uh, mainstream media, because they also always have an agenda, um, their own agenda behind it all. But uh, Elon usually just wants to do the right thing. I think mm -hmm. that's the most important thing to understand about Elon. And what I like about Elon is that he will sacrifice everything for the right thing. And I think Elon is showing that by he's not a typical billionaire with big yachts like Jeff Bezos or some of the, all the other billionaires. He lives on the couch at friends most of the time because he's all over the place and he doesn't really own anything like big value or big right. house or anything he, he just he's in it for the mission to accelerate the world to a sustainable future and get consciousness spread out among the stars with his SpaceX adventure so i think he's an amazing um entrepreneur and person and he's probably also very misunderstood because the person he is that he's not your typical ceo he will not sit there in a suit and talk very um, correctly and be a very good politician. Uh, he he will say the things the way they are, and and he will have fun and he will goof around. Uh, and I like that, <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, that is not something that is always well seen in the uh, circles of CEOs and some of the most prestigious people in the world. But I think he has also, you know, the track record to show that he's not just a guy goofing around. He they just launched their Starship. Uh, today yeah. actually that blew up up in the sky but they did get it off the ground and i think spacex is a good testimony to to what elon is able to do as an entrepreneur because you know nobody is even close to what they're doing yet they they sent like 80 percent of all cargo to space uh, not even the russian the chinese the u.s government nobody is uh, catching up to uh, to spacex and even though we have uh, jay bezos uh, space company and many others they don't really do much yet uh, right. and tesla has over 100 flights 120 flights i can't count them anymore but so many flights so i think that's a real testimony to 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 Tesla and I think that was a when they sent uh, astronauts to the International Space Station for the first mm -hmm. time, right? That was also at the same time when Tesla got into the S and P five hundred. But I think that just accumulated and when the stock uh, shot up uh, in the air, I think that was accumulation of people seeing okay, Elon is pretty legit. Right, <laughs> no stuff. He got stuff done, Um so I think that success of SpaceX also rubbed off on, on Tesla as well. Um, so I think he's he's a person that just want to do the right thing, but he he doesn't already always think before he speaks. He just speaks his mind. And that is not always a good thing on social media and in the politician arena, but that's Elon. And um, I like it. I think it's a, a fresh a fresh look in the, in the billionaire class of people. You know, it's funny you brought that up because I was going to actually ask you, do you think he's juvenile? Uh, because all the rift that he causes on Twitter, you know, going against Putin, uh, you know, uh, he he reminds me actually of Donald Trump, who is very patriotic, who loves his country, who wants to do the right things, but he's his own worst enemy when he speaks, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let me ask you now, I want you to ask you about Elon's purchase of Twitter since it caused a lot of conspiracy. And I mean, Tesla stock almost, you know, went 70% down. Uh, I mean, in total, he sold around $22.9 billion of stocks, which was in four splits. Um, and a lot of shareholders, they actually voiced their opinions uh, with a concern criticizing him in the media that he has been neglecting Tesla, you know. What do you think about that? Do you think it's the right move for him to go towards freedom of speech and neglecting Tesla? Or do you think he's able to handle these projects simultaneously in a successful way? 
Well, yes, I think he's able to handle it. Uh, I don't think he's neglecting uh, Tesla. And I think the new record every quarter is also speaking about that. They did a new record in Q4 and they did a new record in unit sales in Q1. So uh, Tesla is not Elon Musk. He's not a one-man army. Um, he has a very good team. And I think they showed that on Investor Day as well. They had the mm -hmm. whole... Um, lead a team on stage there and really showing the world Tesla is not Elon Musk and Elon Musk is not Tesla. It would be bad if he was not there, but they have some really, really brilliant minds inside Tesla that are running things uh, for him. Um, so I still think it's a good thing he bought Twitter. Um, could it be handled better? Yes, for sure. <laughs> there was a lot of controversy about it and he wanted to buy it and he wanted to get out of it, but they forced him to buy it and a lot of mess, but we have also seen kind of what a mess Twitter was um, behind the scenes right. after he kind of opened it up and sent out some of all these files and so on. So it, it was kind of a mess. And I think it's already we see where this could go with Twitter, with the community notes, where Reuters sent an article out about Tesla missing Q1 numbers and stuff like that, even though they did beat expectations. Uh, right. of deliveries um, and they had to correct that because they, as they also send out a tweet of course about it about their article but it quickly became uh, got a, a community note and it showed some of the real numbers in yep. the community note so they had to change it and and come up with the truth actually so so I think we can already see that at the, what is Elon is, is aiming for and I think uh, to have a place like Twitter where you have freedom of speech, but I'm I'm more interested in the in the truth about things. So because mainstream media and, and uh, usually you know, especially in the U.S., they are very biased, uh, one party or another, and who pays their bills and so on and so on. Where a Twitter could be a very neutral ground, and the truth could come out there because of community notes and so on and so on. And what he wants to build with the whole x.com and getting this to be the everything app that you can go on Twitter and buy a Tesla. You even pay it on Twitter with with a, a new payment system that Elon also wants to do. He has wanted to do that since, you know, the PayPal times. Mm -hmm. um, but PayPal only wanted to do person-to-person -person transactions. So right. I think Tesla has, Elon has a vision about a new way of, of a payment system. So I think it's going to be an adventure and i think in five years time we're going to look back and say yeah that was probably a good thing he bought that um i am a long-term investor in tesla right. so for me all this noise about oh he spent 44 billion dollars or whatever on twitter to me that it's completely irrelevant uh when we look at the long term um I so just when you talk about long term are you talking about five to seven years from now because i, I do i do come across a lot of comments like yourself and a lot of long-term investors who are like, you know what? We don't care if the earnings didn't come out good. We don't care if they bash him, you know? So so what is, when you talk about long-term, are you looking at like 2030, past 2030? What's your time frame? Uh, at least 2030. I'm I'm not going to do anything before 2030 and I'm going to look at that at that point. But I think Tesla could be the company, uh, once in a lifetime company uh, to come along if they really can crack the code of AI and robotics and so on as well, it, then the limits, uh, we don't even know what the limits could be for a company like that. Um, so yeah, from my perspective as a long-term investor, I'm, I'm, I don't care anything about until 2030. And if Tesla is right and they can get close to 20 million vehicles and they have full self-driving and stuff, like that, you know, $44 billion is going to be like a, a drop in the ocean compared to what Tesla is able to do and unlock with full self-driving and AI and robotics. So, so, so now Tesla, you know, people think it's a car company, but it's more than a car company. You know, they're in energy. I mean, yesterday, the earnings call, which we'll discuss later, you know, they had one of the best uh, ramping seasons in terms of energy. Uh, they're planning on robotaxi, Optimus, you know, working on mega packs, et cetera. So do you think, so from your understanding, what percentage do you think the car business of Tesla allocates to the overall market share and the long-term uh, projection that you have in your mind? How big the market share is going to be? Yeah, in terms of car business. So for example, if Tesla is unable to produce 20 million cars, right? 
but they are able to ramp up the robo taxi optimus and go on different mm-hmm. silos do yeah. you still think i'm just trying to understand how relevant it is because now we are talking long term you know we yeah. are not talking short or mid terms so from your understanding being a long term investor how significant is the car business to to the long term you know uh investment part well if we're talking long term like 2030 right. uh, this period here uh, the auto business is going to be huge uh, mm-hmm. as elon also have said if if they can unlock this full self driving that i think they are pretty close on doing when we see mm-hmm. the full self driving beta version 11 out now version 114 is out now and see what it is able to do is just mind blowing in my opinion uh, and people don't really see that if you're not in the tesla community kind of because people only watch what tesla can do what my tesla in the garage can do because i don't have the beta version but if they see what the beta version can do i think people's mind will be blown and we are really close and they're getting data so quickly right now with all the, the beta testers they are having. So I think they're going to solve it. And as Elon have said, that's going to unlock maybe the biggest value of any company ever uh, until AI comes along. Right. But that is probably going to be the biggest value asset ever unlocked by any company. Uh, so that is going to be absolutely huge and going to dwarf um their stories and energy business until that also get very, very big. But they still have a lot of ramping to do. They're going to mm-hmm. ramp it up faster now than what the, the car business can do because it's, it's a simpler product. And they are going to build a many of these uh, mega pack factories that we have seen right. them implement uh, last year at Lethrop. And also they have announced the Shanghai factory. And if we look at the amount of that gigawatt hours they are able to produce compared to the whole industry of storage, it is insane what Tesla is doing, even though it, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't sound much like 40 gigawatt hours. We are so used to talking big numbers when it, when it comes to Tesla, but compared to the industry, this is humongous. So that will grow to be a big part, but as soon as Tesla solve the full self driving, that is going to be the moneymaker for Tesla. Uh, I think the market share for Tesla could be high, uh, and we just had the earnings call, uh, where they also said that they are they're pushing for growth, so they don't really care about too much. They try to do it healthy, healthy right. growth, of course, and they still have twenty one percent automotive cross margins, so they're still doing very, very good, best in the industry. But they are willing to sacrifice that short term profits if they have to, to gain and still grow as fast and as aggressive as they can. And I think they see a very good opportunity right now as we see Ford and GM are really struggling to making EVs. We know Ford is losing $22,000 on every EV they sell. So they are in huge trouble right now. And Tesla is seeing this and have the pricing power to just say, okay, we're going to drop it $3,000 more and see what happened in the US where it's already the best-selling passenger car. In Europe, it's already the best-selling car of any kind. So... I think Tesla's market share could become really, really high because the old legacy automakers are really not moving fast. And and I think if we look at the EV adoption curve and the fall of the ICE uh, sales mm-hmm. and the rise of the, the plug-in sales, I made a model where I can see you. It's, it's hard to even slow it down so you don't end up at 50% of 2030. That's almost impossible by now to slow it that much down. You have to go down to only 50% growth every year but we're growing like 100% or 50% every year with the with the plug-in market. So I can't see this going beyond 2030, in my opinion. Right. Uh, and Tesla want to grab 20 million vehicles. If they grab, you know, 17 million, it doesn't really matter. It's still going to be a huge amount, and it's going to be from some of the old guys. Somebody have to give Tesla this market share. Uh, and we see them rise in market share all the time, and they are having two new factories ramp up, and they have showed their next factory. And they are actually calling the next vehicle the robotaxi because they know they are so close in solving this. And uh, then demand doesn't really matter anymore when they solve. They can just print as many cars as they want to and just put them on the streets as robotaxis um, all over the world. It's all, of course, delayed by regulatory approval, but right. uh, they are not really demand constrained anymore when it comes to that vehicle, uh, when that's solved. So that's why I see until that's solved, um, energy is going to be a big part of Tesla's business and all the other parts. But I think um, they're, in this decade, their automotive business is still going to be the big one, especially 
when they solve uh, full self-driving, that's going to be a huge, huge, huge money printer for Tesla. Well, well said. You know, I, I completely agree with all the points you mentioned here. I want to talk about Tesla in Europe. You know, as you mentioned, Model Y is the best-selling car, uh, best-selling EV. And uh, in fact, you know, I was surprised. Tesla was Denmark's best-selling car in quarter one of 2023, overtaking Peugeot, Volkswagen, and Toyota. I mean, you are in Denmark. So do yeah. you see a lot of Tesla Model Ys out there? <laughs> yes, all the time. Really? Uh, yeah, I can't go for a drive and not see a Tesla. It's that bad <laughs> or that good. Yeah, there's Teslas all over the place. And and yeah, in March, they sold, uh, not only was it the best-selling vehicle in March, it was the best-selling uh, car model ever in the history of Denmark. There has never been a model wow. that sold this much as the Tesla Model Y did. And it's not by a little. Uh, they sold like 3,500 or 3,000, yeah, I think it was 3,500 units just in March. And mm -hmm. the second best in the history of the car industry in Denmark was the Ford uh, Cougar that sold uh, 1,300, 1,800 or something. Oh, wow. Like so it's like a a huge, twice the amount of the next best-selling vehicle ever. So they really uh, are jumping in here. And EV adoption here in Europe, and especially in Scandinavia where I live, is is really taking off. Um, and in Q1... Why, why is that, Lars? I'm curious to know why is that? Why, why is it, as you said, that is kind of ramping up? You know, What do you think is about Tesla and EV that attracts the market like yourself, you know, where you are? Yeah, I think uh, Scandinavia and, and many places in Europe, uh, well-developed countries, uh, they want to do uh, the good choice of getting green and EVs are, are one of those choices that is, uh, is, a, is a good choice uh, to not pollute the air in our cities. And um, so I think by nature, we are very green thinking people in, in, in Northern Europe. Um, right. And I also think that Tesla has... With this price cut, has re because I have met many people that talk about, yeah, Tesla is great, but it's a very expensive car. People don't want to spend that much on a car. Uh, it's a very expensive car here in Denmark, or was anyway. But right. um, now they made these price cuts, and everybody is kind of looking for an EV, but some have 12 months of wait time, so or more. Really? The Skoda Enyaq in, in Germany has like 24 months of uh, two years wait time. So it, it's like insane uh, because of the EV demand is here, and, and, and the Europeans are ready to buy them. But the demand, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, the demand is here, but the supply is not here uh, for the other automakers. But Tesla is. Tesla can deliver within a couple of months uh, here in Europe um, after the Berlin factory came online. Um, so I think that the combination that EVs are getting some adoption and people are getting used to the fact that okay, EVs are not so this dangerous thing that you're going to be stuck on the highway and, and you right. can't go anywhere and range anxiety doesn't really exist, especially with a Tesla because they have their own charging network. And here in Europe, I have been on road trips all over Europe and uh, have no problems because my Tesla uh, can show me where to drive and how to charge and when to charge and how for long, long to charge. I don't even mm -hmm. think, I think it's easier than having an ice car than uh, to have a Tesla because I don't even think about charging the car does that for me so i think people starting to realize all of these points about tesla and then suddenly they drop the price so you can choose an skoda enyaq or a tesla it's the same price maybe even cheaper and uh, there are so many benefits uh, with the tesla compared to a skoda enyaq or an id4 or whatever model you pretty much want to choose here uh, and suddenly they become some of the cheapest model you can get because evs are still the expensive car we don't have we, mm -hmm. we have uh, affordable evs here in europe but they also cheap cars they, they're not good cars they're like small range small battery uh, slow charging and stuff like that like the dash year spring here in europe doesn't cost much a uh, very affordable car but doesn't go far it's like your your second car you would have in a family but wow. like the real car that is supposed to take over from your normal uh, daily family car the model y is just a perfect car here in oh. Europe. SUV is very po uh, popular and it is, you don't really go on compromise with the Model Y and now it is suddenly uh, a very good price as well. So I think that's why it has taken off like <laughs> wildfire here in Europe. 
So is it correct for me to say that this kind of constitutes towards the electric EV revolution that you talk about on your channel? Because you said people in your country, you want to go more green, right? Yeah. The reason I brought that up because uh, last week uh, in the U.S., the current administration, uh, they actually require a nationwide transition to EVs by 2050, you know? Uh, so they are actually kind of saying, you know what, in the next two decades or so, all you will see is EV on the road, no more ice cars, right? So let me ask you, Lars, now, does the government on your end support the EV cause? I mean, I don't know that much the government factors. Do you want to talk about that? Is that something you can shed some light on it? Or Yeah, we the government have been not putting as much taxes on the EVs as they do on ice cars to try okay. to, to make it. But but it's kind of going away now. And we also see in, in England, they have some EV incentive, but they had taken them all away because EVs sell themselves. They don't need to spend that money on EVs. The, the growth of EVs there is like crazy. And we see it in Norway. Um, they had an incentive, but they did it the other way around. They put more taxes on the ice cars. So they okay. got very expensive. That's why everybody bought uh, an EV. So there are help from the government, but I don't think it's needed anymore. Um, and very soon with the Chinese coming with affordable EVs and especially Tesla's uh, next generation vehicle coming out of the Mexico factory in one and a half year, starting in 2025, probably at, at real volume, that's going to be, you know, then ice cars is, is dead by then uh, because people don't, like when I talk to my friends and people I meet, everybody's like, yeah, our next car is going to be an EV or maybe I went to wait a year or two, but they're not going to buy a new ice car until then because that doesn't make sense. They're going to drop out of the sky in value. So there is this kind of pinned up demand, in my opinion, about EVs. And we also see the pinned up demand when in, in the Skoda Enyaq has two year waiting list in Germany. It's, it's insane. Uh, so there is a big demand for EVs here. But I think when the next generation EVs are going to come and we can see BYD and their seal, a little tiny hatchback for $11,000 in China, it's going to cost more in Europe, of course. But still, these small hatchback uh, kind of thing is very popular uh, in Europe as well. There is the big SUVs and then there is the small hatchback. That's kind of a big thing in Europe. Uh, and I think that is going to be the one that's going to break ice for sure because Tesla can make that for half the cost that it cost them to make a Tesla Model 3 today. So, you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars $25,000 for a Tesla, a good EV, good range, good Can't charging go speed, and great software, perfect safety, uh, and will be able to, you have know, drive uh, full self-driving at some point, if, you know, driver assist system anyway. So I think that's going to be a tremendous value. Uh, for money you can get on these cars. It will not at that point make any sense to buy an ICE car that is more expensive uh, to run. The true cost of ownership is much, much more um, because you can see the Model Y right now. It is pretty much impossible to find anything equivalent that has the specs of an and Model Y with the right. with the acceleration and and the roomy uh, seven hundred liters uh, trunk space and all that good stuff, but also the specs and the performance and so on at that price point is pretty much price parity is actually cheaper. Uh, the Model Y in the U.S. In, including you know tax incentive is right. less than forty thousand dollars, and the yes. average car in, in the U.S. is forty nine thousand dollars. So it's cheaper, almost ten thousand dollars cheaper than the average car in the U.S. That's insane, if you ask me. So I think when the next generation of EVs that more affordable is going to come, ICE is just going to die. Uh, so I don't think we have until I, I don't care about all the the politics about two thousand and forty or fifty. It's right. nice that they have some goals, and we need to get there to get to zero emission and all that stuff. But the EVs themselves, especially in Europe and China, that they, they're going to be long done before that is going to take action. So, yeah, you know, you know, Lars, what I'm seeing is I don't see that much demand in United States for EVs. That is why, if you notice, the current inventory level of EVs, especially Tesla, is going up. Because, and, and yesterday, day before yesterday, this was the sixth price cut that Tesla did on Model Y uh, and another model of theirs. So, so I feel, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, 
I do see some kind of hesitance from the population in the United States, where we are, towards transitioning into EVs, right? Like you said, I mean, China, they are killing it, right? Yeah. Europe, as you said, they don't, the government doesn't even want to give any incentive because the demand is already insane, right? Yeah. Here is the other way around, you know? So, so why do you think is that? Do you think that's, is, do you think is that the people's perception on EV is delayed on, on in the United States? Uh, or do you think, I mean, also the macro factors, you know, the fear of recession, yeah. uh, you know, plays a major role. What are your views on, what do you see that I don't see? Well, I think, yeah, you, uh, the U.S. is, in my opinion, just behind because right. the whole industry didn't want to do this. Uh, they didn't want to go to electric vehicles. Ford GM didn't want to do it. We have to go only back three years, 2020. And Ford and GM thought they should make about 150,000 EVs in 2025. So it's like they, they, this wow. has been a big wake-up call for the OEMs over there. So it's pretty much been Tesla doing this in the US. So we're still waiting for the other guys, even though GM has their bald EV uh, at a very affordable price, they don't right. make as many EVs uh, as their. I think the demand is there, but I also think there is the the recession thing, and I also think it's a cultural thing. I, you know, in the US, you like your pickup trucks, and you know, <laughs> right. So, and and we don't really have pickup trucks here in Europe. Pretty much, there is pickup trucks, but it's not like a big thing, where mm -hmm. we use you know a tow hitch and a trailer instead. Right. <laughs> In Europe, it's a very different kind of culture uh, of the way we, we use cars. Uh, so I think there is kind of a culture thing in the US that has to get used to this and a little behind Europe uh, and China on that point. But eventually, if especially in a couple of years, when they're going to come up with the next generation vehicle, you have to be financially insane if you're going to buy a nice vehicle when the sticker price of an EV is better. Right. The overall right. cost is better. The performance is better. The safety is better. And you can, most people can charge at home anyway. So there's not this charging dilemma or, or fear of range anxiety, especially as the range also go up and more and more uh, as charges is going to be come up. Uh, Tesla is really aggressive on that as well, also in the US and opening up the charges and the next generation charges that can charge even faster. So I think in a couple of years, everybody's going to see it. And we have also seen surveys where like, you know, 40 or 50% saying, yeah, the next vehicle could be uh, an EV, even in the US. So I actually think there is a demand and especially when Tesla is going to show when all these Tesla Model Y is going to be out there is it's the one of the best selling cars in the US right now. There's going to be a lot of people talking about their Tesla and how well it drives and how easy it is owning it and operating it and how cheap it is to operate and how you can just charge at home. You don't have to go to a gas station anymore. It's only on road trips and all of these benefits that makes an EV much more convenient, in my opinion, uh, and also <laughs> the right choice when it comes to not polluting the air in our cities. Um, and I think maybe the mentality in Europe is more like that's a big piece of the puzzle because right. why we buy EVs uh, and maybe that is uh, lacking a bit in, in the US. I'm not sure about that, but I think eventually the US will be there as well. Uh, and I think even if, if we are hitting a recession and they have to cut prices, um, I think Tesla would do that because there is more people that's going to hold back on buying a big expensive car but if they lower the price you know five thousand dollars they their addressable market they are in is gonna grow exponentially so mm -hmm. even though they many people are holding back some people are not really holding back and if they can get to a bigger addressable market more people will still buy their cars so i think that's what they they're doing right now they're just lowering the price to keep up the demand with the production ramp they're doing um, right yeah Great. Uh, and, and then what do you think about, I mean, all these competitors here, you know, Toyota, Volkswagen, other companies, uh, big companies, you know, they're investing billions of dollars now. And they actually even stated a couple of weeks ago, it was actually a couple of days ago in the article where they said that what Elon has done with the EVs is kind of impossible for us to mimic. Because... Yeah. You know, first of all, to make it profitable is a big deal, right? Second of technology that Tesla has, 
I think the short and midterm investors, they don't understand the fundamentals on the technology side. That's that's my opinion. I might be wrong. I might be right. I don't know. What do you think it is? You know, I mean, do you think, I mean, from technology point of view, I think Tesla is untouchable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Any other have... thing that you can add to it? Yeah, they, they they definitely have a technology advantage that no one else has. And we have to remember Tesla is pretty much the first company in the US to start a car company that hasn't gone bankrupt and, and Lucid and Rivian are there, but they're still losing billions of dollars every quarter. Yes, so yes. they're not home safe yet. They make great EVs, the Rivian R1T and the Lucid Air, amazing vehicles, but they they actually seeing a bit of demand problem in in my opinion for the for the lucid anyway because that's a, such a niche market right. uh, and and they have to make price cuts on a luxury vehicle like that and tesla has a plaid model s that's like forty thousand dollars cheaper or something like that so i think they have have trouble uh, especially when it comes to technology uh, and i think we're seeing this the greatest example i think is is china because they are very tech savvy people. They love technology and it has to be high tech and shiny and pling pling <laughs> and all that good stuff. And, and and I think many legacy automakers, especially here in Europe, have completely missed the, the mark on that. Uh, and someone like Volkswagen that has made the ID3 and ID4 and so on, they're decent electric cars, but they are just electric cars. They are really not smartphones on wheels as Tesla has made it. Uh, right. Tesla has been able to make over-the-air updates since 2012. So for more than a decade, Tesla has been able to do this. And mm -hmm. Volkswagen is still struggling. And even though they say they can do over-the-air updates, uh, like the Jaguar I-Pace that came out in 2018 could do over-the-air updates. And it got two updates pretty quickly, fixing some bugs and stuff like that. But then in the last two, three years, it has got nothing. So sure, it can make updates. But if you don't get any updates, does it really matter? And when we have seen there has been a software issue with Jaguar or Porsche or whatever, right. they can't really fix like deep fundamental things in the car with a software update. They always have to recall it, uh, even though it's software issues. So I really think this shows um, how much ahead Tesla is on this whole. They have made the computer on wheels and the others has mostly just made an electric car. And thought that was what people wanted. And we could see it in the beginning with the Audi e-tron was just, and many are still building, you know, uh, the car that can be made in three different models, an ICE version, a diesel version, a plug-in hybrid, and an electric vehicle. So it's a mm -hmm. very complicated system they have set up, and they are not going to get the full benefits of making an EV until they just make pure EV products, um, like MED, uh, Volkswagen MEB platform. But I don't think they are profitable yet. And, and and Tesla just has such a big lead in this. But I really think also the whole production is probably the least understood thing about Tesla and how they innovate every single day. It's like you have the ability to spend Tesla's money if you work at Tesla, even in the production line and say, oh, I have mm -hmm. an idea. Let's do this. That will speed up the things. And they have AI controlling their their. Um, their, their factories and they have this automated testing so they can go out and test it straight away and say does this make the car better or does this make the production faster or does this make it cheaper yes it does good we're going to implement it we don't even have to ask a manager or elon musk or anybody they just right. do it and i think this is not understood by the mainstream media uh, or any uh, you know the normal people that don't nerd in, into these things the right. production thing and i think that's what also the oems are talking about when they say they cannot do they cannot replicate what tesla is doing because tesla has come over this big hurdle of going bankrupt as an automaker and a right. home safe now lucid and rivian and all the others ev startups still have to get over that hurdle before they are home safe but volkswagen toyota GM, Ford, and all the other guys still have their ice business. They have to cater to as well. And that is really, really difficult. I, I feel sorry for them because it's really difficult what they have to do because uh -huh. they have to scale up a business they are losing money on. And they and their ice business is dropping off a, uh, off a cliff in, in sales and volume and definitely going to be over the next couple of years. So their profitable business, we have always been talking about, well, they can just get the money back on their ICE vehicles. Well, that is going to change very dramatically over the next uh, two, three, four years. 
they're not going to have that profitability yet. And if they're not profitable on the EV business yet at that point, because of they are missing some scale and can't replicate what Tesla is doing because the technology in production is so difficult. Um, you know, even Toyota has opened up and ripped apart the Model Y and said that was a out of work. And they are kind of known for their agile production line and they have invented all that. Uh, but they looked at the Model Y that's two years old <laughs> and uh, said, that's what we're trying to mimic now. That's mm -hmm. what we want to do to get to profitability because their first battery electric vehicle, the BZ4X, was kind of a big flop and they could see they could never produce this profitably. Right. So right. they don't want to ramp that up because it's going to lose the money. So right. they have to start from scratch once again here in 2023. So I think they're going to probably be some of the biggest loser in, in, in this game because they have to mimic Tesla and they want to mimic Tesla for two years ago where Tesla has already revealed uh, the next generation platform that's going to cut cost in half and the others haven't even caught up with Tesla's five or six years old uh, models on production and cost. So I think the whole scale and production of Tesla's technology, I think that's the most misunderstood uh, part of the whole puzzle because Tesla has thought scale into the whole equation and the others have not. That's absolutely correct. What do you think about the Model 2, which is the $25,000 compact car and Cybertruck? Let's talk about Cybertruck first because we heard on the earnings call yesterday that uh, Elon plans to launch that towards the end of quarter three the deliveries, I mean, they have over 1.5 million reservations for uh, Tesla Cybertruck. And correct me if I'm wrong, Elon said that the demand is outpacing the production in terms of uh, Cybertruck. Do you, I mean, what do you think the Cybertruck will do to the EV business that no one has ever done? Uh, yeah, I think the Cybertruck is really going to hurt someone like Ford and GM because even though people have been talking about but Ford beat Tesla to the electric pickup truck. Yes, but they sold 15,000 in all of 2022. It's, right. it's, it's irrelevant yet and they're still losing money on them. So they, they are ramping up so slow that I think the Cybertruck is really going to come in because pickup trucks are such a big thing in the US. Right. Yes. Uh, so, so that is because we have seen how fast Tesla can ramp up. The Berlin factory is already producing more Model Ys uh, in a week. 5,000, 5, if I'm correct. 5, Something like that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the Mark Eve, it thought's a great electric vehicle, um, but they have been producing that for almost two and a half years, and they are not at that run rate. <laughs> that is their monthly run rate. <laughs> wow. So, so they have shown us with the production ramp so far that they're not able to really scale up really fast. Either they don't want to because they lose money or they're not able to. I, I don't know which because I think also it's because of the supply chain, but that's just speculation, of course. But they went, like I said, three years ago, they thought they should make 150 or 160,000 vehicles in 2025. Mm -hmm. And now they want to do 2 million. <laughs> you know, you don't just... You can write that as your target, and that's great. Right. But if you haven't contacted, you know, the mining companies, the refining companies, the battery companies, and even if you contact the battery companies and say, uh, we want to order a 100-fold of what we have ordered with you so far. Okay, that's great. And they're going to contact the mine and say, yeah, we want to order 100-fold of what we have made so far. Uh, yeah, we, we're running out of materials here, guys. <laughs> you can buy it on paper, uh, but we still have to need the materials. And that's right. where Tesla has also gone the extra mile they have contact they have dozens of long-term contract with mining companies and refining companies and all the big battery companies so like the world's biggest battery material uh, battery manufacturer catl tesla mm -hmm. is their biggest client so every time they come up with a new technology and battery we all know who's going to get the best deal there because tesla is ordering they will buy as many batteries as they can sell them um so i think the Cybertruck is going to, because it's, it's, if you think about the specs you get, we don't know the price anymore, but they say 40,000, but let's say 45. They actually 000. mentioned here 45,000 a couple of days ago. It was uh, yeah. published on Tesla. After the price cut, they are looking at around $45,000, which actually is very cheap compared to a pickup truck. And yeah. 
my only concern is the only problem I see in the United States, I can only speak for U.S., is the aesthetic parts of the cyber truck, the look of it. Uh, you know, to me, it kind of reminds me of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Total Recall when he goes <laughs> to Mars in the taxi. So, so I don't know how well it will be perceived from the audience in the United States in terms of looks and aesthetics, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think on your end in Europe, do you, are you guys excited or do you guys talk about it? And do you like the look or give me, give me some take on this. Yeah. I'm a, I think it's going to be great. And you know, the pre-orders kind of speak for themselves It's the most pre-order car in history. So sure. Right. It looks weird <laughs> uh, compared to anything else out there. It looks so unique that it doesn't even have Tesla's logo on it. It doesn't even need that because everybody knows that's a Cybertruck. But if a right. GM Silverado or F-150 Lightning comes down the road uh, or a Rivian R1T, it's going to be difficult to see which car it is. Um, so if you want to stand out, which people like to do, so I think the people that want to stand out will get the Cybertruck. But I also think when it comes to value for money, this might be until the next Model 2 or whatever it's going to be called. But this might be, when it comes out this year, might be the best value for money on an EV you can get on the planet. Like $45,000 for this huge, big beast with huge trunk. And you can get one, we don't know the price, because, but get one with 500 miles of range. So right. this is going to be a huge deal in the utility companies uh, with because they need to tow stuff. And we know EVs uh, drop a lot in towing. Um, but if you have 500 miles of range, I think most companies that tow stuff uh, around the cities is going to be just fine. Uh, right. And we know it's going to be able to charge very fast. We don't know how fast yet, but Elon said plus 250. And, and we know they are making these next generation charges that can charge really, really fast. Um, so I think... A car that can charge, let's say, 600 kilowatts uh, in an hour, um, right. 600, 600 kilowatt of speed, charging speed, and have 500 miles of range for maybe $70,000, you will not find anything uh, in that terms. Uh, and it doesn't dent, it doesn't rust. You know, So for a utility company uh, that can throw brakes at this one and it doesn't really matter, I think it's going to be a huge, huge seller uh, because they're not, they don't care the companies, right. how it looks. Maybe they do because people are going to watch it going down the street and you have your name on the side of it. Oh, look, a Cybertruck. And it says uh, Best and Tesla on the side of it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so that's going to be a big a commercial uh, uh, sign driving down the streets and people are not going to turn their head when they see an F-150 Lightning. It looks like an F-150 and they're all over the place. So right. I don't think that's really going to turn heads, but the Cybertruck will. So as a, as a commercial company, I think it's going to be the best value for money you can get um, and pretty much any car, I think, um, because it's going to be such a long range, a very affordable price, fast charging. It doesn't dent, doesn't run. The battery is going to last for a million or two miles. Um, and and the main That thing is insane what you just said, a battery lasting, for example, for that many miles. It's just insane. yeah, Yeah, because you know it's going to be the 4680 cells they're going to put in this one. So we know they are ramping this one up and, and it's going to be the new battery they're going to have in this car. So it's going to be able to charge much faster, not just because of the new fast chargers, but also because of the battery they're going to have in them. So the things this car is going to be able to do, I think uh, nobody knows yet. I think this is going to be an absolutely beast. Uh, and as Elon just said at the earnings call, it's going to be once in a lifetime uh, vehicle. And I think uh, commercial companies that are going to want pickup trucks it's going to be the best price. They don't care how it looks. They're going to put it into a spreadsheet and say, oh man, we're going to save a lot of money if we get a Tesla Cybertruck. Let's do that. It has a bigger trunk than F-150 Lightning, than the Silverado or all the other pickup trucks. It can tow more. It can load more. Uh, it can go faster and further. And, you know, it's a fun car to drive and it has the longest range and the fastest charging speed and doesn't dent, doesn't rust. And it has the new battery that's going to last, you know, for the lifetime of the truck, if the truck ever dies, because it's made of stainless steel, you know. So I think it's going to be absolutely huge uh, for the companies. And I think many people are going to want it because it is special. It is unique. 
this is going to look great on Instagram. And we live in this, you know, <laughs> we live in a, in a social media world right now that everybody want to post something. And it's already been in rap videos and stuff like that because it is unique looking. You're not going to pull up in your F50 Lightning and look cool compared to a Cybertruck. It's going to look normal and boring compared to a Cybertruck. So I think people will get used to it, but it's going to be such a good car that people don't care how it looks. You know, I'm so curious to actually see, uh, like, see what the perception is about this truck. Yeah. Uh, what do you, What do you think about uh, Model Two, which is the twenty five thousand dollar compact car? Now, now, from my understanding, uh, being a marketer myself, I personally feel if Tesla is able to hone into the middle class, you know, which constitutes most of the population, right? Yeah, for a twenty five thousand dollar. I think Tesla will hit a home run. And once again, I'm talking about the United States. I don't know the Europe market. I don't know the China market. Because also, you know, we are talking about the Ford F-150, the truck. Not everybody wants to drive a truck, you know? Yeah. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I feel women, personally, they are more attracted towards a car than a truck, you know, once again, this is just my perception, you know, what I have seen around. So I personally feel the compact car will seal the deal on Tesla. You know, what, what are your thoughts, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, this is, this going to be the car that, um, that going to put all the doubts about Tesla to rest because people have always said that, you know, the Model Y cannot sell as much as it's doing. You know, it's going to be close to a million. It's going probably going to be the best-selling car this year. And it's competing for that title against, you know, the Golf or the Peugeot or the Toyota Corolla or the Toyota Camry, much, much cheaper cars. So Tesla has already shown because they focus on simplicity, right. one model, full speed ahead, few colors, not very complicated, and they can get the massive uh, uh, scale of economy because of that, where the others want to complicate things and make 30 different EVs, and they are not going to get the economy of scale as Tesla does because mm -hmm. they only have a very few models. And now they're going to come out with a model. Uh, yeah, I don't know how, how it's going to look. I think that's going to be a surprise as well. Uh, right. And why they don't want to reveal it now, because I think it's going to be a, a special car. As, uh, right. Uh, Tom Sue also said uh, after the investor day, uh, he said where where he was asked about will it have paint? He said paint is expensive, <laughs> so we don't know, no confirmation. But maybe we're gonna have something really, really unique in a car as well. But it, in my opinion, doesn't really matter because this is kind of the car that people have been screaming about for a long time. That right. we want an affordable EV. Tesla is not an affordable EV. Yes. The affordable EV is coming, <laughs> but we have to get the price down. But that is exactly what Tesla has done. That they showed us an investor day. They spent three hours talking about how they cut cost on every single aspect of their business and how they have cut cost in production um, by 50% and can reduce the footprint of the factory by almost 50% as well. Right. And then they show us they're going to build a factory that is almost twice the size of the Texas factory. So this factory is going to be able to build millions of vehicles. So I really think this is going to be the car that's going to rule the world for, for a couple of years. Um, I think Chinese are going to come in and have a say as well. But I think Ford, GM, uh, Volkswagen, all the Germans, I think they're going to have a tough time because even Volkswagen have been now saying they're going to focus more on luxury vehicles and stuff like that because they can see it is so difficult earning money on these EVs right now for them. Right. Tesla, but for them. So they have a hard time seeing them coming with this more affordable EV. But Tesla can and can make it with a huge profit. Um, so that factory, if, if that can produce 3 million vehicles a year, they can both send that to South America suddenly and start the EV revolution down there and they can send it to, to US and they will still get the tax credit <laughs> um, on this very affordable EV because it's made in North America. And they can build the batteries for this car in America where they also get the incentive on the batteries and send yes. them down to Mexico. They're really close in Texas, right? So there's a lot of things going right for that factory right there and they could send them over to Europe where these small headbags are very popular. And we kind of see in China that they have kind of done the 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 reverse thing of the Western world, where we are making the 
the most expensive car first, and then we're going to drop down in small cars. But the small cars are very popular in China. Uh, mm-hmm. So many have started with this small ruling mini EV people probably have heard about. Um, but they're coming out with a lot of small EVs. So I think they're going to have a say in the market as well. But I think that big losers in the smaller segment is going to be the old guys as they don't have this mass market and they don't have a car ready for it because they are still like Ford, they're losing $22,000 per vehicle. Tesla can make a car for that and still earn money on it for what Ford is losing on every EV. So they are far from anywhere near where they can come out with a $25,000 car. I know GM has the Bolt that's very cheap, but they lose money on it. So it doesn't really matter if you have a car $25,000. If you're not earning money on it, it's not sustainable. You have to stop that at some point. Right. So this is really the big difference what Tesla is doing here because Volkswagen has been out saying they're coming out with the ID2 in uh, in 2025 as well. Right. Still going to be on the MEB platform they have right now. Uh, and Herbert Dees, former CEO, did say a couple of years back that uh, they will not be able to come out with an affordable EV before the Trinity platform and be mm-hmm. profitable. And now they're going to come out with the affordable EV, but on their already existing platform. So I don't think they're going to, if they're going to earn any money, it's going to be very, very small. So I don't think they're going to want to scale it up to millions of EVs uh, because they're probably going to lose money on it, where Tesla is going to come out with a small compact car that probably can earn, you know, if it's sell for $25,000, I expect they earn 20% on that car. That is unheard of, even in the ice industry, right. for a small compact car. They don't earn a lot of money on that. That's why yeah. Ford is stopping the Ford Fiesta and all the small cars here in Europe, because it doesn't make them any money. They want to focus on the big, heavy SUV and and um, and MPVs and so on. So they're dropping all the small cars, and now Tesla is going to come in and make the car that people want. That That's really interesting what you just about. said. Yeah. Well, a uh, couple of things before we wrap this up. Uh... I know I see a book behind you, the Elon Musk mission, you know. Uh, so you actually co-authored with uh, Randy Kirk and a couple of other people. How is that going? And and uh, if you don't mind giving our audience a, a very brief synopsis on the book, you know, and uh, you know, and uh, your views on that, on the book. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. This book up here. Uh, Randy Kirk contacted me and asked if I want to help write a book about Elon. Musk and all his companies, and uh, in very shortly, it's trying to explain Elon Musk companies to the world. Uh, try to explain all of this with the manufacturing method and how they're doing things and how they're innovating, the pace of innovation, the agile culture at Tesla, and how it's a flat culture, and all of these things. Trying to explain to the world what Elon's uh, companies are doing. Um, right, and uh, because I think this is. Also, why I started my channel is to try to explain uh, EVs and also uh, renewable energy, but also try to explain why I think Tesla is going to be a once-in-a-century company. Uh, I think we're going to have a company that we have never seen before in terms of Tesla. Uh, and not just because they're a car company, but because they're also going into AI and robotics and so on. I think yes. that's where in, in the long, long term, uh, and why I'm saying I'm a long investor, like, from now to 2030, it's the car business, it's the energy business, it's the charting business, and so on. But beyond that, I think the real game changer is going to be robot and, and AI. And that is all what we're trying to explain, our thesis of why we think Tesla could be one of the biggest company the world has ever seen and why Elon Musk will be probably the first trillionaire we, we ever see. Um, yeah, so that's why we, we wrote this book, to try to explain to the world what Elon's doing here. And then people can buy this book on Amazon, correct? Yeah. It's like okay. a, a, an e-book or paperback or hard book or audio book on Audible. So yeah, whatever. So you... we'll put all that information in the description. Uh, last last thing, you know, for this podcast, I'm going to talk about the earnings call. So before I discussed the report that came out and uh, the earnings call that happened uh, yesterday, um, I had my EPS at 0.89, which I even tweeted to uh, Randy, and I had my uh, gross margin at 20.3. What numbers did you have in mind before <laughs> the earnings call, if you don't yeah. mind sharing? Yeah, I, I actually don't do the EPS numbers. Um, 
I, I try to predict the production numbers because that's what my, my interest lay at because I don't really care. What was your production numbers. number for Q1 22? Do you, uh, do you remember? Uh, 433. Okay, and they were at like... 423. So I was like 10,000 okay. off. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so not bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, I think um, many people are going to be disappointed about this quarter because we are used to Tesla just having many, many hundreds or many plus in, in percentage in, in gains. They did grow their revenue by 24% and uh, total revenue and the automotive business with, with 18% uh, in revenue. So it, it's not a bad quarter. They still grew. <laughs> and I think that's what people have to keep. We have to put it into context of the world right now that people are maybe in a recession. They have to cut, cut uh, costs to, to make people want to buy their cars and so on. But most other automakers are down. You know, they're down in sales. Uh, and we also see even Volkswagen in, in China, with the fastest growing EV market on the planet, they were down 4% in their EV business. So this is really, really bad in a market that grew 24%. So, so I think what Tesla is doing is quite amazing. They only have premium cars, but one of their premium cars is one of the best-selling cars in the world right now. Um, but they have to cut prices to do it. But for me, the most important thing to show the world was uh, that their automotive cross margin is still above 20%, even though- It actually came down at 19.3%. That was a total uh, revenue, uh, right? Total automobile. Uh, total... No, I said that the total gross margin stood at 19.3, whereas the expectations from the analysts was close to 22%. So they missed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they actually missed it. So anything that was north of 20% would be a rally. So, yeah, you know, doing this right now, Tesla stock is actually down 10% right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's being slaughtered completely right now on Wall Street. Yeah. Because two of the things that make sense to the investors is the gross margin as the earnings per share. Yeah. Now the earnings per share, they were at 85 cents and the analyst predicted 86 cents. So that was a slight, you know, they miss it. But where they lost the most and where they are being punished today by the investors is the gross margins. You know, 19.3, uh, I, I personally feel people, especially investors, retail investors, the Wall Street, they have very high benchmark for Tesla. And, and the reason I say that is, I feel it is Elon's fault being juvenile when he says that we will produce 50%, our PE ratio will be 50% year over year basis. So I think when you set that benchmark being the CEO so high, and then you come in at 34% or 37%, it will backfire. Do you agree? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, with the with the fifty percent, we have to take into context that is compound annual growth rate from two thousand and twenty. So they're right. still on target. They're still above target. So some quarters are going to be down. Some years are going to be down, but uh, some years are going to be up. So twenty twenty one was way above fifty percent. Twenty twenty two was just below fifty percent. Um, and now we have one quarter with 35% and people are like, oh, that's not 50%, but that's not what Elon has said. Said he, They have all said, and they even showed it in their earnings sheet in last quarter, trying to explain get to people, it is compound annual growth rate from 2020's number. They took this target in 2021 and said, this is what we are aiming for. So people are misunderstanding what they're saying. Uh, so they are ahead of target. They are actually, at, I think, over 60% compound annual growth rate before this Q1 anyway on year-over-year uh, uh -huh. year basis. So they are hitting their target. People are just misunderstanding. They, it's not every quarter that has to be 50%. They have never said it's going to be like that. And um, one But see, that's how it is perceived. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's a big problem, you know. If, if they're growing and they're earning billions of dollars and they still have $22 billion in the bank and... Uh, I, I really can't see this as a bad thing <laughs> because as a long-term investor, uh, uh, I don't really care about the ups and down uh, in every quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, I just see in the long perspective. And right now, they're doing price cuts and everybody was screaming about, oh, this is going to devastate Tesla's cross margin. But they still have industry-leading margins. Nobody else on the planet 
has the margins that Tesla has right now, even with the price card. And people say, well, this is a bad thing. Oh, they see, only have see, I wish, I wish the big investors, the big banks, the Wall Street can actually see the things that people like yourself, myself, and others see yeah. because they don't. You know, for them, it's all about margins, margin, margin. And actually, Tesla and Elon Musk has taken a lot of criticism. I don't know how it is in Europe. You can speak uh, uh, on that as well. In U.S., they have taken a big criticism. And, and one of the one of the main criticism they are getting, if you go on Twitter, is Tesla should advertise. They should advertise. Now, do you support that notion or... You know, and, and how is it in Europe? Do you guys also think the way we think? Or, you know, I'm very curious to kind of understand the perception from your end. Yeah, I don't see... Uh, people people think like Elon is a crazy guy, but I think people can also see through the noise <laughs> uh, because we're not... You know, I think in America, you're much more living in this uh, situation where we are kind of looking at it from afar uh, and, and looking at it and saying, yeah, yeah, they, they're doing crazy stuff, but I can still buy the car uh, cheaper than anything else. And it's the best-selling car in, in, in Europe. So I think the European is not like, oh, the sales are, uh, demand is down. It's the best-selling car in the goddamn continent. <laughs> you know, there's, there's not a demand problem uh, in, in Europe anyway. Uh, and it's the best-selling passenger car, except pickup trucks in the U.S. as well in Q1. Uh, so I don't really see this narrative playing out that there, there's the 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 brand is so hurt or blah 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 like that. Um, I think the product will always win, and Tesla has has the best product. I love that. Uh, anything else, uh, Lars, that you would like to? Uh, Tell us more about, you know, um, also, uh, I would encourage our audience to actually check out your YouTube channel, Best in Tesla, guys. Definitely go subscribe. Let's support Lars and his uh, his mission, you know. Uh, Lars, the mic is all yours. Anything else you would like to add to this? Just want to say thanks for having me on, Sid. It's been an absolute pleasure. Always happy to talk about the EV revolution. <laughs> this coming faster than people think. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Lars. Uh, I know you're a busy guy. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you very much for being our guest and uh, taking the time. And uh, we wish you all the very best. And uh, we will continue to check your YouTube channel and continue to watch your videos. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.